Welcome to the Nonprofit Hub Radio Podcast, where we highlight nonprofit innovators, leaders, and influencers every week that are changing the sector for the better. I'm your host, Delaney Mullenix, Executive Director of Nonprofit Hub. If you're not for profit and all for purpose, you're in the right place. You see, we know you're already doing good, but we've designed this podcast to help nonprofit professionals find growth, joy, and connection. So tune in weekly for new episodes to elevate your cause, spread the news, and share the resources we share with you. Did you know Nonprofit Hub offers a variety of courses and certification trainings inside of their membership platform called Cause Network? All courses and certificates include a full free year of membership to access 365 days of learning and networking to further your career and to make the difference in your organization. Visit nonprofithub.org courses to see the full list of on-demand courses and sign up for a course today. That's nonprofithub.org courses. everyone. This is Delaney, your host of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Sarah B. Lang. Sarah joins us all the time with Nonprofit Hub. She provides exceptional thought leadership on our webinars. And if you haven't heard of her, please check her out at sarahblang.com. In this episode, we talk about all the experiences at Cause Camp in person 2023. Sarah joined us hosting a discussion on the uncharitable movie that we screened prior to it coming out in theaters. Um, and so we discussed some of the key takeaways from that, as well as some key takeaways from the state of fundraising report 2023 that Sarah B. Lang and her team of consultants has put together. So stay tuned. Super excited to welcome Sarah Lang to the podcast today. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Delaney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yes. And you guys might be familiar with Sarah. Sarah has done several webinars for Nonprofit Hub. She graced us with her presence at Cause Camp 2023. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to recap all of that fun stuff. Um, but Sarah, I'd love for you to share with the world what you do and how you help nonprofits. Yeah. So um, I've been in the nonprofit sector since I got out of college, which is 35 years ago already, which mind-boggling. And I know I don't look old enough to be out of college that long, but um, I've just always been deeply committed to making the world a better place. And I help nonprofits um, basically raise more money so they can do more good. But I work with, I have a very holistic view of fundraising. So I work with, you know, grants and individual donors. I work with boards of directors and look at social media and communications and strategic planning. I call those kind of the fundamental five that you really need to look at those areas because all of them affect your fundraising. Either it's lifting it up or dragging it down. So yeah, um, yeah and I just love the nonprofit sector because it's really what uh, affords us a quality of life in the United States that we wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah, I definitely agree. What was your first, what was the first nonprofit you ever worked at? I worked at a residential, <clears throat> excuse me, art school out in Southern California in the mountains. Wow. Are you still in Southern California? No, I'm in Massachusetts now. Massachusetts. So, yeah, yeah, I was there for a year and it was an amazing experience. Um, but being in charge of a bunch of um, teenagers who are also artists with an administration that expects you to kind of throw them under the bus every time they make a mistake was just mm. not, not a good dynamic. And so after a year, I moved on. Yeah. When did you first start consulting? When did you take all of these lessons that you learned in nonprofit organizations? I uh, started in 1999. 
Wow. So yeah, I was just feeling kind of frustrated that I've always wanted to make the world a better place. And so I was just working at one nonprofit and feeling kind of limited in my ability to make impact. So I decided to start my own consulting company so I could take my game to a bigger playing field. Yeah, I hear you. I can I can also see that you're probably a multi-passionate person. I always struggle to like commit to one cause or like one organization when there are so there's so many that I, I feel equally as strongly about. Yeah, I have a big squishy heart. So it's hard <laughs> for me to just say, oh, I only do this cause or that cause. Yeah. Well, I, I know that you have a big squishy heart because anytime I ask you for anything, you are, you're like the yes person, but I hope that it's been equally as valuable for you. Um, one of those things was, um, to help us out at cause camp 2023. So for those of you who didn't come to cause camp, uh, we aired the uncharitable movie prior to it coming out in theaters. So now that you're listening to this, Uncharitable has been out in theaters. And if you're interested in seeing that, you can go to their website and try to find a theater that's showing it or even host one if they're not showing it in your state. Um, Sarah hosted the discussion, the post-movie discussion on day two of Cause Camp. Um, Sarah, share more about your time at Cause Camp and um, what was talked about in that discussion. Yeah, well, I will confess that I have been wanting to come to Cause Camp for a few years now, and this is the first year that actually the timing worked out for me. Um, I think it is honestly one of the best nonprofit conferences I've ever been to. I loved how current and timely the topics were. I actually liked that it's not one of those huge conferences with thousands of people where you have to hope that you connect with people you know, and I, I'm a big fan of connecting. I love people. I love getting to know people. And so the intimate uh, size of the conference yeah. made it really easy to get to know people. And that was awesome. And just the topics, I could not take notes fast enough. <laughs> so um, I, even though I've been in the field for 35 years and I've always, you know, doing workshops and webinars and things to keep my saw sharp, there was stuff I was like, oh, I need this. I need this. I need this. So it was, you know, and and that was actually one of the things I found helpful was how many of the workshops were just in the main room from the main stage mm -hmm. meant like I didn't, I have FOMO, right? So if I'm in one workshop, I'm like, oh, I want to be in that one too. And that one and that one. So it just made it easier for me because I didn't have to choose until um, the second day. And even then I was having FOMO, but <laughs> Yeah, well, just because the presenters and the topics were all so spot on. Yeah, they yeah, yeah they're all phenomenal speakers, and we yeah. do we do, like we aim to have a sh more shared experience than some conferences offer. Um, you know, our feedback was was overwhelmingly similar to your experience, but um, possibly in the future we'll add a couple more like tracks and um, your choice of session. I mean, like we we speak to you know, like those of you listening, we speak to the nonprofit professional who is wearing several hats, right? Like the small and mid-sized grassroots organization where you need to learn a little bit of everything. Like you're not just here to learn about marketing. You're not just here to learn about fundraising. There's so many elements of your position that you need to, like you said, keep your, keep yourself sharp on. And so that's kind of like our focus for the conference. So. Yeah. Well, you did it well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, as far as Uncharitable, so I'm a huge fan of Dan Plata. I, I've been following his work for a long time. And when I was teaching a class in fundraising over at Clark University here in Worcester, um, 
I would start out with his TED talk from 2013, which is the way we think about charity is dead wrong because I'm like, yes, that, that, that. So I wish I could like plop damn plot into everybody's head because yeah. I feel like so many people misunderstand the nonprofit sector and it drives me bonkers when people say, oh, keep your overhead low. I'm like, you're focused on completely the wrong thing. I mean, yeah. Nonprofits provide magic and transformation every minute of every day, whether it's for animals or people or the arts or people in hospitals, like you name it, we're here. We're the ones with our finger in the dike. And yet people expect us to keep our overhead low. And yet all that does hurt the clients we're trying to serve. So, you know, if you're going to make us pinch pennies, then we're now pinching pennies in the opposite, which we need more money so we can do more, not less money so we can help less, you know? like, right. mm -hmm. Yeah. I just don't know anybody in the nonprofit sector who's sitting around playing solitaire on their computer because they don't have 5 million things to do. Yeah. So, and that's why I love what I do because I can help nonprofits raise the money to expand the staff, to expand the program capacity, to serve more people through efficiencies and upgrading equipment or technology, whatever it is they need. So I love that because then we are doing more good and that's really why we're here in the world. So I think conferences like Cause Camp are super helpful. So much information. I'm still digesting it, by the way. But also the movie Uncharitable really points out how unfair we treat nonprofits. You know, we, we expect people to keep their overhead so low. And I always tell a story about my cousin. She's two years younger than me. She has Down syndrome. She had to go to a special school, but because she went to that special school where I'm sure their overhead was really high, you know, like, I don't know what the overhead was, but all I know is they, they poured so much energy and time and attention to her that she's been able to live a fulfilling life. She got married. She has a job. She lives in her own apartment. She has cats. She has plants, you know, and so that's what we want for people. We want people to, you know, fulfill their potential not just because that's what's right for them, but that's what's good for our communities. And so my cousin has lived a really fulfilling life. And let's not forget that her parents also got to live their life. Mm -hmm. So how can you say that whatever the overhead at that school was, it's not worth it? Because I can tell you from my perspective, giving my cousin the freedom to live an independent life and her parents, my aunt and uncle, the freedom to live their life at, like, how do you put a price on that? Right. So mm -hmm. I just feel like we're, we're looking through this at the wrong lens. And that's what I really love about uncharitable is, you know, Dan really focuses on how we're really operating from a 400 year old rule book. Right. And the world has changed just a little bit in the last 400 years. And so I really, I kind of think of myself as a disruptor because I will tell this to anybody who listens about, you know, I had a conversation. I was just down in Miami for work and um, I heard somebody talking about, oh, those bad nonprofits. And I said, oh, I got curious. I was like, well, how would you describe a bad nonprofit? Oh, yeah. I bet you're curious. I do the same thing. Yeah. Like, come again. Let's like yeah. talk more. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, you know, when the, when the CEOs get paid too much, I said, oh, well, what's too much? Well, you know, I said, no, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm asking. What What do you think is too much? And this woman said $120,000. I said, well, what if they're running a $12, $20 million organization? And she's like, oh, well, that's different. I said, different from what? <laughs> so anyway, I just kept asking all these open-ended questions and she realized that she just had this belief that was just completely yeah. 
completely bonkers. Yeah. You know, you could simply just say why, why, why. and they would eventually talk themselves out of it. Yes. I was trying to be polite and not like poke the bear, but yeah, yeah, I just, when I hear things like that, I'm like, how could you possibly say there's a bad nonprofit? Yeah. You know, they just- well, this reminds me of something in his film. He said, we actually had the pleasure of having Stephen Gyllenhaal on the Nonprofit Hub webinar series the Wednesday after the in-person cause camp. Oh, okay. And something he said was, and this was all like when he started producing the, vi- the video, this message was new to him and he just grew really, really, really passionate about it. Um, and he said, when when someone says something like that, right? this like nonprofit executive directors making too much money or too much spending on overhead or marketing or what have you. Um, he said, don't pathologize, educate. And I was like, that's well said. Yeah. I mean, you know, the passionate person who's been in this sector for 35 years wants to jump down their throat and go, do you realize how stupid that thinking is? But um, I also realized that they've been handed the same storybook that I mean, I find people who work in nonprofits are like, well, we can't make any money. I'm like, okay, well, I've raised $90 million. And is that too much money? <laughs> yeah. What is raising too much money look like? I would love to raise too much money. <laughs> right. I know. Um, let's have them on the the next podcast. Um, yeah, I know. Well, yeah. if you could, if you could share like one key takeaway, maybe something new, right? Like you and I and most like nonprofit professionals are going to like head nodding the entire time you're watching the film. Like you agree, we get it. Um, What's maybe something that was a new idea that that film like planted in your mind? I'll share mine because yeah, why don't you share yours? Because I've, I saw his TED talk and I've read all of his books. So I don't know that you say your piece and then maybe it will spark. So I thought it was really interesting when he mentioned why can individuals not invest in nonprofit organizations like an investor invests in a small business or a new a new firm or a new startup because they're not supposed to make money on their investment and he's just like why why can someone not invest in a nonprofit to make a profit like it makes like in his mind it's like bonkers and i was like i agree i don't understand that either you know that's just like one of the one of the laws around one of those like limit limitations that like nonprofits have to abide by um yeah that was interesting i i i'm still kind of mulling over that and thinking yeah how how would that work exactly (laughs) right right yeah most nonprofits i know are broke but (laughs) yeah well not my clients, but most nonprofits I run into. But like the point, sometimes, I mean, I feel like maybe not most of the time, but investors sometimes come in to companies that are that are broke and not like thriving as much as they should. And like their right. influx of their investment or what even like their time and talent, right? Because they're going to give you more than like, say, for example, they're probably going to give you more of their time and talent as an investor than they would as a donor. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, we would have to figure out what the ROI is and what form it comes in. But I, yeah, I think that's interesting. I will tell you about a little project I'm uh, embarking on. And um, so I have a friend, he is in the private wealth investment field. And he used to work for a hedge fund and managed trillions of dollars and got to the point where um, he felt like he just couldn't sell his soul for five more minutes. And mm-hmm. so- he is actually developing new investment funds 
where it's ROI, but the I is impact. So he's bringing together investors to set up these funds where they, first of all, have people on the board of these investment funds who normally are shut out. So women, people of color, um, non-heterosexual people. So he's really looking to diversify the boards, but also each fund is going to have a nonprofit kind of entity attached to it. So it's not necessarily going to be a foundation or that it's going to donate to a particular nonprofit, but each fund is going to have a nonprofit function. So I'm teaming up with him to create this and he's calling his concept regenerative equity. And so look for that. I mean, he's building the funds now and then we're looking at the attachments. Yeah. It's just a whole nother way of doing business. And, you know, he's talking to some really heavy hitters who already have more than enough cash. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, okay, well, what do you want your legacy to be? And so I'm really, really, really excited about that. Calling all nonprofit pros. Do you enjoy learning at your own pace? What about building your resume with certificates to showcase your talents? Nonprofit Hub's library of courses is the perfect place to strengthen your nonprofit skills and take your organization to the next level. You can elevate your impact with handcrafted courses designed exclusively for nonprofit pros like you. Learn to navigate grant writing like a pro. Master digital marketing and social media to amplify your cause. Build a board of directors who actually gets it. Get the scoop on nonprofit finance and more. Don't just make a difference, make the difference. Visit nonprofithub.org courses to see the full list of on-demand courses and sign up for a course today. That's nonprofithub.org slash courses. Now let's get back to today's show. Hey y'all, it's Dilly Me, and I'm back with part two. And unfortunately, without Sarah Lang, I made the mistake of not recording the rest of our interview, but I wanted to jump back in here and share the great things that she did offer to all of you in the rest of our conversation. So as you know, we kind of debriefed on the Uncharitable film and what that discussion and experience was like at Cause Camp. Um, And the rest of our conversation really lied in, in addressing the key findings from her state of fundraising report, who it applies to, and how that can help guide you guys in your work um, as nonprofit fundraisers. Um, So one of the things that I love about Sarah is that she wants to make sure that nonprofits understand that although they have a different tax classification, they are in the business of whatever their cause is. So you are in the business of solving world hunger or solving child welfare issues. Um, And she also constantly addresses the issue of role compression in the nonprofit sector. So people who are just wearing too many hats, doing too many jobs, and how that leads to this concept of staff who are overworked and underutilized. And that's something that I love from a book called Essentialism, if you guys are interested in kind of diving more into that concept. So number one finding from the report that she shared in our conversation was that Organizations who have a dedicated development professional who is only doing fundraising, so organizations who are investing in this specific team member are making up to five times as much revenue in fundraising and development. 
Um, she also frequently addressed the one of the greatest wealth transfers in history is happening now and, and in the next couple of years and that you should not be accepting breadcrumbs as donations because boomers are still going to be your highest donors until that wealth transfers. So make a plan for after this wealth transfer, but don't leave any money on the table with those boomers who, again, as she mentioned, are still the architects of social change um, as we know it today. Um, Some good news that she shared was that corporate giving has increased So keep that in mind. And then as you guys are working to address your fundraising strategies for the remainder of the year or into 2024, Sarah and her team have tons of evergreen content and training on her website. So I know I mentioned that before, but www.sarahblang.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-B-L-A-N-G-E.com. You can find the State of Fundraising Report 2023 for yourselves. You can download that for free. And then you can also find all of that evergreen content that she's created. And she has these five pillars of nonprofit success. And these things can either lift you up or they can tear you down. So these five programs that she has are um, your individual donor program, your grant writing efforts, your board of directors, your communications and marketing, and then your strategic and adaptive planning. Um, so if you guys want to learn more, go check her out. I'm also super proud of her. She just released her new book. It's the field guide to fundraising. Um, so you can find that on her website as well. We will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for joining us for this Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast episode. For more resources on fundraising, marketing, and all things nonprofit, be sure to check out the number one nonprofit toolbox at nonprofithub.org. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast. Thank you.